Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry, Kentucky basketball. Derek has landed the number one player in the country by ESPN, Rivals on three, and that marks the first time since Scalabissier in 2015 that he was rated number one by Rivals that Kentucky has landed the top player on any recruiting service in basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's a monster, monster get uh, for Kentucky. Uh, expect it. We've talked about it now for a few weeks. It's It's been out there, but this is another addition for Kentucky. Uh, would you agree probably the most significant guy that they could have gotten in this class, or would you still say Derek Lively is up there? I'm going to say Sharp. Yeah. I think Sharp has potential to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. I, I really do. And you're seeing that across the board now on recruiting services, bumping him to number one. We don't know where he'll be when uh, 24-7 sports updates. I could still see Lively be a number one, maybe sharp number two on that recruiting service, Derek. But, man, this is, uh, this is a kid that Kentucky got in on early. Kentucky built a relationship there early, and now it's paid off. That I don't think Kentucky – I mean, if you ask Cal and the, and the staff, they probably thought he had potential to be elite, but you, you never know when it falls to rankings. But he's the number one player – in three recruiting services. I mean, this this is a kid that gets you back to doing what you used to do, getting the top players in the class. And uh, you know John Calipari is certainly happy tonight. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think the whole staff is um, has to be. With Sharp, I think it gives you an insurance policy. If he lives up to what we think he will, and I know after the experience that you had last year with some of the freshmen, and again, there were a lot of factors that went into that. But if he is – that kind of top guy it's September the 7th and you can already book in your right in I guess is a potential star for yeah. your for your offense and defense I mean you're talking about a guy who's probably going to be an instant starter I would guess someone that if he is as good as build you can you know literally build your team around this guy so to have this done already um you can see the ways that sharp keeps developing but you can also get an idea like I think from how they've scouted him now they should have a pretty good idea of what he is good at you, you can look around at this roster and kind of build for next season with this kid as kind of your center point yeah and we talked about this a year ago it's been almost a year I think uh six weeks from now is when Scott Clark committed to Kentucky and we talked about having a centerpiece to your class well they didn't make any movement it was it was so odd to have a commitment that early for a program like Kentucky, that doesn't happen often in basketball. So it's been a while, which has kind of led fans to think, man, what is going on? Why can't Kentucky get commitments? Really, they're not that late. Like, they get commitments September was sometimes been their first commitment or late August or something like that. So they're not really behind, Derek. It's just it had been a long time since they'd had any news in 22. And now it's kind of worth the wait, right? You get the number one player. You're in position to to do that with with other guys too here pretty soon. So, Cal, th- this was a good PR thing for the program too because now you're going to get that that push of man, Kentucky's got an elite guy now in this class. I don't think anyone thinks that Shaden's going to go to to college and and be a dud. I think everybody thinks that Shaden has potential to be one of the top players in the country. Certainly has a lot of NBA draft potential as well, Derek. He does. There's no doubt. I mean, I think bigger picture here, like. To have a guy like Sharp, I mean, that's going to make any class great. But I'm looking at these rankings right now, Sean, and, I mean, it's just UK crystal ball left and right for a lot of these guys. I mean, you're talking about 
let's just kind of throw this out here. I don't know what, I don't know when else we would add this, maybe in the next mailbag, but like the news came out earlier today that uh, Nick Smith canceled mm-hmm. his official visit to UK. So if you're reading the tea leaves, what's I tell you? Case and Wallace, right? Yeah. Probably going to be a cat. So he's the number 12 player. Of course, Scott Clark's already there at number 11. That's three guys in the top 12. And that's assuming you don't get Derek Lively, who's number two, or Chris Livingston, who it sounds like is going to head to the UK now too. I mean, you're talking about potentially five guys right here, Sean, on the top 12. Mm-hmm. That That is old school, early year Calipari recruiting success right there. You mentioned Nick Smith Jr. As soon as it was reported that he wasn't taking that visit to Kentucky and you had Cason Wallace coming off of a visit to Kentucky, and we have talked to multiple analysts on this podcast. And what was the one thing? Travis Branham said it. Brandon Jenkins said it. They weren't getting both of those guys. They were getting one of them. And even from the moment that they were both offered, Derek, it all felt like Cason Wallace was going to be the guy that Kentucky ended up ultimately pursuing the hardest. And I don't even know if this came down to a who wanted it first type thing. I think that it was kind of you you want both those guys are really good. But I think Kentucky has wanted Cason Wallace for a while. It was just about evaluating and seeing him in person. And they did that. And if you add Cason Wallace to this, and he's got that commitment date set, is it November 7th, I believe, yeah, is what so it's two months, yeah, I could I could see that getting moved up, honestly. I, I, I could because I think that we're to a point you had Jay Lucas – you know, you see Jay putting some stuff out on Twitter here and there, and I mean, you can read into it what you want, but Jay's just not putting things out there, I think, for no reason, Derek, and that's a Case and Wallace connection there between Jay Lucas and the state of Texas and things like that. But uh, certainly, if Kentucky can add Case and Wallace to this thing, and then you mentioned where they stand with Chris Livingston, I mean, Kentucky is definitely trending upward right now. Duke has been a school. Memphis has been a school getting guys. Kentucky's right there. There was no reason to panic for Kentucky fans. They're they're in a great spot to make this the class that bounces back and gets them doing what they used to do. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably going to go into spring with Sharp, Livingston, Wallace, and uh, Scott Clark all signed. And who knows what's going to happen with Bona? Uh, Lively doesn't. I, I don't know what the possible timeline is for Derek Lively. But if you have those four guys already, I just think how much easier. It makes your planning next year. And, like, I, I think most people expect them to get one of Lively or Bona. And, I, obviously, you'd probably prefer Lively. But, again, like what we talked about, uh, I think it was on the uh, – maybe the Sharp preview episode. I really don't remember which episode it was. But just that the front court might be a little bit slower recruiting anyway just because I think you have more NBA decisions to weigh there and just more bodies that could come back versus the guard play. So – if you're, I guess it depends on how you view Livingston, but Sean, let's say in a world that Cal likes the four out this year, he wants to keep it that way moving forward. How would you say Livingston kind of fits in with Sharp and Wallace and, and Clark as well? Obviously, you know, Livingston's not a point guard like like Clark, or and that's, I guess, Case and Wallace could potentially play some one, two. Yeah. And, and we know that they're going to have a guy back off this roster on the perimeter. Surely someone's going to be back, like a C.J. Frederick, or someone's going to be coming back on the perimeter, Dante. Or who do they get in late? Is there a portal guy that they they want to add or something? But to me, Livingston, that small ball four, fits as a three, small ball four, has the skill set. Cal talked about that on his presser today, right, that you don't have to be a guard. You just have to have guard skills. And Livingston with that body, I, I could see them sliding him to a four spot and playing him 
at, at that position, along with Case and Wallace and and Sharp. I mean, obviously those those guys are going to dominate the perimeter. Case and Wallace, to me, could his offensive game is obviously behind his defensive game, but I think his offensive game is pretty good too, and I think he could be one of the better two way players in college basketball when he gets to that point. So, yeah, the front court, and it just makes sense. We've mentioned Bryce Hopkins. We really don't know what he's going to be, what he's going to develop into. That's a guy that you could see in this program next year that takes a big step forward. Uh, who else remains in the on the interior? Is it Oscar Sheboy needs another year? We don't know. Is Damian Collins gone after one year? That remains to be seen. Where's Lance Ware? So I, I like what you said about the front court kind of being the last piece to solidify what this roster will look like. And it's because that there, there's some guys there that you really don't know where they go. But the backcourt has been where this class is going to be heavy. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I, I think it's going to come down to, I think you're going to have those four other guys that we mentioned signed, and I think Lively is going to be, I mean, I think his decision in the spring, if he waits that long, it will be one of the most anticipated decisions, just because I think he, he could be the difference in, no lie, like Kentucky being a title favorite next season to get him or not. And it's lively over Bona. Yeah. Like the Kentucky's going to prioritize lively over Bona. And I know Kentucky thinks that both can play together. Now it just comes down to to both camps think that. And I think that's why you're kind of seeing now with Chris Livingston trending in the crystal ball. If they get Livingston, Derek, they might not get Bona. It might just end with with Derek Lively. And if Derek Lively goes elsewhere, then you kind of look and say, all right, who's coming back in interior? Or is there a reclass or a guy that maybe between now and May that is under the radar? Is there a guy that rises in the rankings that kind of just takes over college basketball recruiting and you identify, okay, that's a guy that we like, or transfer portal? We know that there's going to be guys hit the portal as well. I do think that filling that final interior spot will be the last thing that John Calipari does, and that will not come until after the season's over in March or April. Yeah, I just feel like it's trending. Um Obviously, I think everyone feels that's trending very well because what will be interesting and what will be different is, you know, Kentucky had a good class last year with the three guys they signed, but this roster building will be different compared to what Cal just did. I mean, I think you're going to come into a spot. Obviously, the transfer portal gives you some assurances. I just – I think there's a chance that it'll be one of the strongest rosters they've had them. I just don't imagine now with the portal in the UK, knowing how good they could be. Like, I just can't see any way that they're going to have any weaknesses on that team next year. I'm not saying they're going to just be A-plus grades across the board, but I think, you know, you're going to have 
an incredible amount of talent at each level of your team that you can count on. Now, you know, maybe the, the thing next year is they don't have quite as much experience as what this year's team's going to have, but off high school rankings and off of potential, the ceiling for next year's team seems like it will be far higher than for this group. I feel like this group this year, and obviously we haven't seen them play, maybe they'll exceed my expectations. I feel like they're going to have to really maximize. And I think they have good players, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's, you know, like we mentioned, I mean, there might only be just a hand, uh, not even a handful. I don't know how many NBA guys I would say are on this year's roster, whereas next year, when you get those mock drafts out, if they have, obviously they're going to have Sharp. So Sharp's going to be probably a top five guy. Lively will probably be a top five to ten guy, maybe even higher. Um, and that, this year's team's not going to have you know two guys in the potential top ten going in the NBA draft lottery. That's for no. sure. And, and this this roster, we'll close here. That this roster is, to me, made up of a, of guys that I think are going to average around eleven to twelve points a game. I don't know if they're going to have a dude that averages 19 to 20 or 18. I think there's going to be balance across the board, which leads me to say as you get into February and March, I don't know if they're going to have that guy, Derek, that's just their closer or that can just go. I think they're going to have a collection of guys within the offense, within the system that one night Kellen Grady is going to go for 17, 18. The next night, maybe Ty Ty Washington goes for 17 to 18. I just think there's going to be balance across the board. And, and honestly, Kentucky's had some good teams where that has been the case, and they've not had a guy that's been heavy dominant. Because, I mean, uh, you know, in some years, if if somebody didn't go off and get 21 or 22, like the Murray Eulis year, man, Kentucky was dead if one of those guys played bad. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think they're going to have balance across the scoring column this year. The one thing I look at, and I'm not saying it's the most important question, but I wanted to get your take on it because I'm thinking ahead to next year's team. How important do you think it is to either have Wheeler or, or I guess, Ty Ty back? Or I guess what I'm saying is how important do you think it will be to have a veteran point guard on that team next year? Or, or can Scott Clark handle it from day one? Kind of, I've kind of become um, a little bit hesitant on point guards who aren't just absolute studs, and you know what I mean, like a number one player type. I kind of like having an experienced scout point guard these days. I I really like Sky Clark at point. I know that that's been a topic we've had for a year, right? Is he is he a combo? Is he a scorer? Is he just a point guard? I like him, but I would love for them to have one more guy that they can kind of shoulder some of the burden on them to and, and lead – a roster, Derek, that it's piecing together just by recruiting class. We're not even talking about returners, but the way that this thing looks, it's going to be a really talented roster that's full yeah, of yeah. NBA talent. And I could, and I've said earlier that I think that it could be a late edition roster for a big, whether that be Lively or the Portal. It wouldn't shock me if Tata Washington if, and Cal said it, he's better than what he thought he was. If he ends up being an NBA one and done, Savir Wheeler. That might be his decision to look and say, okay, maybe do I want to enjoy one more year at Kentucky or am I going to be what I'm going to be? I don't know if Xavier Wheeler ever plays in the NBA. I don't know if he has that in his game. So it could come down to him. Or let's say that both go. Does Cal maybe look at a portal guy in the spring that kind of comes in and gives some leadership to that position if they lose those guards? I, I, I'm with you. I, I think I'd want one more. I, I would want somebody – who has proven in their career that they can handle the lint. I mean, if it's a guy like 
to me, without having seen him play, like I would still say Ty Ty, if you could get him back for a second year and if he's going to be a point guard, then I think that would, pure talent-wise, would probably be better than anybody you could get from the portal. Um, I just feel like next year's teams have everything you want, and point guard play is so, so important that I just don't think you want to risk, whether that be Clark or Wallace. I just think you, you want an insurance policy there. And trust me, on next year's team – the point guard is not going to have to be somebody that you have to just absolutely rely on every – I mean, just want someone who's going to be kind of a smart player, honestly. Facilitate, get other people involved, play good defense, be a good leader. If that team had that, I mean, that, I think that would be outstanding for next year's group. Yeah, they and the thing is they're putting together a lot of guys that are combo guys in this class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sky, Shaden – Case and Wallace, I mean, they're they're combos. They're they're guys that are skilled with the ball in their hands. I think it's important that all of them can play well with the ball in their hands. But even more important, I think they can all play well without the ball. That's what I like about the guys that they're kind of piecing together. It remains to be seen. But I I expect this podcast to have quite a few more episodes this fall talking about elite guys joining Kentucky's 2022 recruiting class. Derek, and you want to talk about elite? How about the Butcher's Pub? Three locations: one in Pineville one in Williamsburg, and one in London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. But Kentucky has a huge, huge day in recruiting. Shaden Sharp is a Kentucky Wildcat joining Sky Clark in that 2022 recruiting class. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.